0: Talk. I'm Nick, and I'm here with Benny! And it just so happens that this episode is episode number 22. What happens to be the number
1: that Benny has worn your entire life. My entire life, there was only one time I didn't get to wear 22, and for whatever reason, my dad chose 13, and that made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> when was that? First year I ever played, he chose 13, and then the next year they asked him, what number does Benny want? And he said... 22 because that was my birthday and i rolled with 22 from there on out okay well i, I noticed that today when i was doing my show notes you know I was like,
0: episode 22 just so happens to be the mason The just for so those that don't know mason is out of town he's in he's in Dugway. he doesn't have service so he couldn't even do it like with the you know on the zoom or whatever so he is uh doing some military stuff and out of town so I called in one of the ori- the original Welcome to Cup Talk, back when Welcome to Cup Talk was like short 15 second videos uh, that I made like in my kitchen or my parents' basement, Benny was my co-host, so I figured, you know, first show that Mason was
1: unavailable, I call up Benny and be like, hey buddy, you ready to get back in the, you know, back on the saddle? I thought I thought the show was only going to be 15 seconds long, but I don't, I guess not. <laughs> Hey, we're already at a minute and a half plus 15 seconds, if that makes any sense. but (laughs) Takes me back to, you know, green wrapping paper is our uh, green screen (laughs) in the background. That was our, our first background was paper. Who held it up? We taped it to the fridge door, and I believe the other side... Either was cabinet taped, or it could have been Choi, or somebody just holding up the other yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. So definitely come a long way, you know, from the, the fifteen-minute second
0: Instagram videos to the hour and so podcast now, <laughs> episode twenty-two,
1: episode twenty-two. <laughs> come a long way. Yeah, uh, yeah, a long way from fifteen seconds. So Benny, how was your week weekend? You guys special things you did this weekend? You know, this this weekend was you know it was pretty. Uh, Pretty p- filled up. I uh, went with my nephew and picked up a puppy that his parents didn't know about. I uh, helped re-shingle uh, a roof, and then my sister threw me a graduation party because I just graduated with my master's. So
0: Yeah, and Z is actually, he's actually, so he's my nephew that started playing hockey,
1: but he played football his whole entire life, and now he's a hockey player. So He told me that if he didn't make it into college football, he could always play men's league hockey with us. <laughs> And that's exactly what he's doing, you know? And there's always those there's always those
0: stories of those guys who pick up the skates after high school and they you know, they're like, Man, why didn't you play in high school? Like, eh, I don't know. You know, and that's that's okay. We'll take anybody. I mean, hockey's a sport that you can play after high school. I mean, most people don't start playing basketball, like maybe some church ball after high school. But, you know, football, people don't start playing football after high school. So.
1: You know, I know that there's a, a few men's league football, you know, leagues out there, but it seems like that that hockey bug, people get it, they see it, <laughs> and it's like, oh, I just got to play. And so they just get at it.
0: We're, we're trying to get them a little bit younger these days. You know, I, I just uh, found out that, you know, the – The Learn to Skate program at DC Wind has 48 people signed up, so... That's good for, you know, growing that game, learn to play hockey. So, also, if you want to, you know, get out there and have a chance to play hockey, maybe see if it's for you, if it's for your kid. I mean, probably not for you. I think it's for a younger age group. <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're a 10-year-old, listening to this, whatever. It's for the younger kids. But, yeah, it's learn to play. They do it out at the South Davis Rex, So, you can go to com. I believe is the website. So, yeah, center for that. You know, try it out before you, you know, you, you want to play find out if you want to play but also we are looking for donation of old gear so i mean a lot of people you know they throw it up on ksl for like 30 bucks for an old pair of shin guards and everybody like clicks and they're like dude those are 1997 shin guards like nobody's paying 30 bucks for those
1: (laughs) i love i love me this you look at it and it's just like hmm stained pads. I'd love to pay money for that.
0: (laughs) So instead of trying to like, you know, like whittle somebody out of $10 for your old stained, dusty pads, save yourself and the person you know, a trip out there, an awkward conversation, and donate it to the DCYHA, you know, to give back to these kids that are, you know, looking to play hockey for the first time. I mean, you never know. Maybe your old shin pads, your helmet, your old stick might, you know, give this kid the opportunity that he's a hockey player for life, so... You never know. And there's always those weird stories, you know, how people get into hockey. And, you know, this might be one of those ones.
1: And I think this sport's growing. I know it for a fact. I have uh, my hockey net I uh, left at my brand new house I'm building, and it got stolen out of the backyard. So obviously there's <laughs> a uh, there's a desire for it if somebody's willing to steal a hockey net out of the backyard. so Hey, I like to think it was a, it was a like couple of
0: 10-year-olds like, dude, there's a hockey net over there. Yeah, th- let's go get it. Let's play some street
1: hockey, you know. Hey, you know, I had a really garbage one. They took the nicer one. If they're going to learn to get better, it's it's worth the loss at this point.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, for those kids, you know, we're going to be playing some street hockey soon. So uh, <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> well, let's jump into I mean, let's let's jump into a little youth hockey. I mean, we went. I went to this weekend was the West Coast Renegades uh, tryouts. Um, so, like, they start out with the Tier 1. That's the highest, you know, level in Utah. And they do the tryouts, and then the Tier 2s get their tryouts, and then it kind of goes down from there. So the basically the, the top team in Utah, the West Coast Renegades, had their tryouts this last weekend. I went and um, checked them out for a little bit. And it was fast, it was good, it was skilled, but I really was disappointed in how much individualism I saw. And maybe it's because it's tryouts and everybody's thinking, like, I want them to see me, but... There was a lot of I was, I was sitting with my good buddy Jay watching these, and I was I saw a kid go, and I said, "I bet this kid takes it all the way to the net, all the way to the net." Next kid comes down, I said, "Oh, he there's a guy wide open. He ain't looking to pass that puck," and sure enough, took it all the way to the net, you know. And they just tried to. It's like, dude, use your players, like use the system, and and so I mean, if we have any, if I have any advice for kids out there trying to make teams and stuff, is if if i'm noticing that that you're not passing to the open player then you're the guy who's coaching is probably noticing that too so and i don't know maybe it's utah hockey i think utah hockey kind of gets into that that s- cycle the puck to the good kid you know so i think that's something that we got to get away from i mean i know a lot of kid, you know teams and stuff that i grew up watching and playing and some of the high school teams i mean that's just how they run is like get it to Billy. He scores goals, you know, and the
1: whole team is funneled on getting Billy the puck or whatever. I mean, when I was in the youth hockey, that's definitely how it was. You usually had your really terrible players. You always had one or two really good players. And it seemed like the coach's mentality wasn't necessarily always like, let's build the team together. It was, we want to win. So let's do what it takes to win. So Let's pass the puck to the best kid and have him shoot and score.
0: Yeah, but I also when I was talking to Jay about these kids and he's like, there's actually a lot of kids because his daughter tried out a couple years ago and made the 14 team as like a 12 year old. So like she, I mean, she was really good. You know, she made it that high and stuff. And like he said that it's crazy how many of those kids aren't still playing because they've just kind of they they got up to that level and they found out that maybe the puck wasn't getting to them or they just knew they weren't going to go anywhere else or whatever, and they just have fizzled out. So, I mean, maybe if Utah starts playing more of a team-style game, and I, I know I've talked to other prospects and stuff, and the thing they said they got different when they went to these higher-up, you know, teams or, you know, programs is that it's more of a team sport rather than an individual sport. So, I mean, that was my only blunder, I'd say, about the West Coast Renegades you know, one. I only watched one tryout, really, so I can't base it all off them. But that's what I saw was you know kids going coast to coast instead of you know working the puck the way it should be. So, and I mean we can we can go on from there, but uh, <laughs> I know the the Eagles tryouts they are they're tier two, so like they can have their tryouts now. So they're having them the 16th through the 21st, and I believe that's for the. 14s and 16s and maybe 18 U's Um, and also the Junior Grizz have their tryouts they're kind of scattered I know the 10 to 12 U that's in that's on July 31st in Cottonwood Um, and the Eagles tryouts are let me go back but let me backpedal but the Eagles tryouts are split between South Davis and Weber and then you have the Grizzly tryouts are kind of all over the place I mean the 10 U 12 U that's in Cottonwood, July t- 31st, um, we got the 14U um, July 15th and 19th at the Weaver County Ice Sheet, and then the 16U is that same week, being the 14th through 19th, also at the Weaver County Ice Sheet, and the 18U is the, I think it's the following Monday, Tuesday, and it's the 20th and 21st, and that's split between the Cottonwood and the Steiner. And then the Junior Mustangs, they have an 18U Tier 2 team. And their tryouts are this coming up June 15th through the 19th. So that's that's really all the youth hockey we got right now. It's summer. I know the high school summer teams are playing, but, eh, you know, they're, they're smorgasbord anyway. So
1: <laughs> that seems like it was usually just like a filler to like, okay, keep myself, you know, at least – Par up to my skill, so you just didn't, you know, fall out of that groove. That's kind of how it seemed that high school summer league was for me when I played. And there's
0: teams like always mashing and mixing, and kids
1: jumping over. It. Yeah, it seemed like it just <clears throat> a big hodgepodge of like, if you could say like an organized drop in. That's kind of how it was.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, well, we can move on. I mean, we did have a men's league game this last week, and it, you know, we got our last win, our first win last week, and then this week it didn't go so hot. We played my former team. The Leafs, that I won the championship last year, and, I mean, they had it out for me. They found out that I was going to leave the team right before the championship game, so it was already on the rocks, like, before that championship game that I was leaving. Like, they were already, like, giving me the throat slits, you know, on the bench or whatever, you know. <laughs> you are dead to us. I'm surprised they didn't, like, turn around to shoot on me just because. But, yeah, I mean, they were not happy I was leaving, but and and Dallas, my buddy Dallas, he said first time we play, I'm scoring four goals, and he got one, he got two, he got three, and then <clears throat> the, we were, I mean, we lost ten and one. Let's just get let just get the monkey out of the bag here. We <laughs> lost ten to one. It wasn't a good game. It was not a great game by <clears throat> myself. <laughs> but um. He, it was like six seconds left, and he's coming around, and I think he just was not going to let go of that puck until he put it in. So, like, with three seconds left, he gets his fourth goal, and we we lose 10. to. I, I was just trying so hard not to get double digits, but I failed at that, too, as I did the other nine goals. So,
1: Yeah, I would say the rest of the team kind of failed as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who got the one goal?
1: I can't even think of who got the one goal. I don't know. Was I it know. Bowen? Mm, maybe It might have been Bowen. It might have been Bowen, actually. I don't know. He had one off the post, and he seemed pretty upset. I had one off the post. I was pretty upset. just seemed like we were just ringing them, and they weren't going in. Well, hopefully, I mean, the Grizzlies had a big comeback. We'll talk about that later, but hopefully we can do a, have a big comeback this week, too. <laughs> I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping to get my first goal of the season.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we play young Kia this week, so, I mean, that was a... That was a rival back from the old days, so.
1: Yeah. You know, a yeah. lot of
0: people over on that young Kia team that, you know, growing over the years they have kind of, like... You know, got to know him a little bit better and actually coach with, you know, Devin that plays over there now and stuff. So looking to always look forward to playing young Kia now. And they got some new jerseys, too. I mean, we got our nice jerseys, but they got some, like, sweet blue jerseys now. <laughs> oh, some someone's coming in. They're not, they're not yeah. looking the old dingy young, old jerseys. Young Kia's up in their sponsorship. <laughs> they dropped another 50 bucks in the back. I don't know. Maybe they paid for the jerseys. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so we are looking to bounce back this week. Um, we play Wednesday night at eight o'clock, I think. Again, I think nope. six thirty actually.
1: Oh, we got the early game. I think it is the early game. I gotta leave straight from work to head there. Oh, nice. Yeah, it is
0: the early game. Yeah, because I talking to somebody else that my buddy that you know, Ryan. He he's used to work. For, he I mean he still does work for the goals, but he came in town. We were talking. He's joining BMA. So. Hmm, all right. I told him we got the early game. He plays after us. So, yeah, so, I mean, we look to bounce back. We won't have Mason this week either because he'll still be in Dugway. And so, yeah. But, I mean, let's move on. I mean, there's not a lot of hockey going on right now. I mean, the HL is done. I mean, we'll talk in HL later. But, you know, Grizzlies are still playing. I mean, it's June and the Grizzlies are playing still. just, you know, finished up the regular season, usually Grizzlies are done. Couple weeks ago, so it's kind of been exciting. I mean, going to those games have been a lot of fun. Like, it's kind of taken me back to when me and you were kids and we mm-hmm. go to those games. Yeah. Like, it's been like that. Like,
1: I'm just kind of like super jacked on the Utah Grizzlies lately. <laughs> I say, it's it's been a minute since I've gone, but you know, those 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 grizzly games are a good time. It's well, all... playoffs coming
0: up this next week. We gotta get you out there to throw a fish,
1: Benny. I know, I know. Something about just throwing a frozen fish on the ice, there's just nothing <laughs> nothing that compares.
0: We'll get the whole crew out there. We'll go will the we'll have the Weinegers get all the frozen tilapias before <laughs> They'll be like, How many tilapias do we sell today? Man, we haven't sold three all week. We sold 16 today. It's a fish sale. It's a fish sale, man. I'm going to go call Whiningers and see if they get the Grizzlies like up on the, like the marquee side outside.
1: <laughs> grizzlies in the playoffs, get your fish here. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I'm sure. I'm sure they would get more people if they knew they could throw some fish on the ice. Yeah, and we were
0: talking after the game the other day, and... You know, as we were talking about how exciting and how fun it is, like, to throw fish on the ice. And, and last episode, I had joked about, Mason joked about, like, you should throw some Swedish fish, you know, because that's what I, I mean, that's the official candy at of the podcast, kind of. <laughs> so, say, That mm-hmm. some nibs. But uh, he's like, you should throw some Swedish fish on the ice. I was like, oh, dude, I didn't even think about that. Slap it. welcome to Cup Talk, stick around there, you know, throw it. And uh, we were talking after the game, and Lance, he, he works for the Grizzlies, he said, You know, as long as nobody throws a bag of Swedish fish out there. And I was like, oh man, what? And he's like, yeah, dude, someone threw a bag of Swedish fish and it exploded, and we had to clean up Swedish fish for 15 minutes. And I was
1: like, I'm glad I didn't bring the Swedish fish. He just bombed one of those three pound bags, <laughs> <laughs> five pound, five, two five pound bag, just boom from the from the upper section. Up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not even just like dropping over the boards, like huck that thing. Maybe you don't even make it onto the ice. It hits the opposing fan, like opposing team bench, and there's just Swedish fish. Guys are stepping onto the ice, Swedish fish all over their skates.
1: <laughs> he he probably opens a bag and just bombs it just for the heck of it. It's raining fish. So yeah, get to the Grizzly games But hey, let's talk about this
0: last week So they played the Fort Wayne Commons The only time they So the Fort Wayne Commons jumped into the season late So that, I mean, they're going to make it in the playoffs But they jumped into the season late They only played about half of many games as everybody else But it was based on winning percentage So they do get into the playoffs But we lost Wednesday night 3-2, to so it was a close one And then Friday night It was a doozy <laughs> it was a doozy, and I mean, after the first period, I think it was five nothing, and you know, you're starting to be like, you know, if they could get five in one period, we get five in one period, you know, and then you know, battle for that sixth goal, and then it's six and seven, and then you know, they they pulled the goalie, and they we saw Garrett Metcalf, you know, utah's zone get into the game, and that was always fun to see, and. uh Things weren't going so well. There was a scrum, and, you know, goalies got pushed over. And before this, there was actually another scrum that was right by Garrett's net, and the net actually got shoved over on top of him, and he was actually trapped in there and had to, like, back out the back and stuff. So, I mean, he was in the action all night long other than you – know, opposed to being actually in like you know stopping pucks he was in the action of like these scrums and so in the in the second period there was a scrum and it was you know everybody was in it the goalie from the other team was kind of getting into it kind of shoving people and Garrett skated to center ice you know and he threw up the hands and the other goalie chickened out so (laughs) hopefully some of the four Wayne comments here, and I think your goalie's kind of a pussy so (laughs) He, and, the, and the best thing was that they pulled him right after that. Oh. They pulled him right yeah. after that and put in the backup goalie. Yeah, I was going to say. I wonder if it was on purpose or coincidence. Who knows? And and I actually talked to Garrett the ne- before the next game, and I said, hey, you know, that other goalie bussed out. You know, that was fun to watch. And he's like, well, I mean, it was ain't nothing. Had to change up something.
1: So <laughs> I was going say, the Grizzlies might have played just like the Welcome to Cup Talk men's league team. <laughs>
0: Hey, do whatever you can to get the other team fired up. So, I mean, they put in the other goalie and we got we scored one. We got one. So, the Grizzlies lost 9 to 1. Ended up being 9-1 and and but that other goalie, he doesn't get a shutout cuz he didn't play the whole game. So, even though he left, you know, with zero goals against, he does have zero goals against, but he doesn't get a shutout. So, sucks to be him. <laughs> but uh yeah, it was a, it was a terrible night and I was, you know, going in the last week before the playoffs. I was like, oh, this isn't looking good, you know. And so we came back Saturday night, you know. And everybody's like, hopefully it goes better tonight, you know. Hopefully it goes better tonight. So everybody's, excuse me. So saying in the crowd, hopefully it goes better tonight. And Grizzlies get one. They get two. And then we ended up winning 6-0. Like, what a turnaround. What a turnaround. I mean, I mean that's a, what's that a
1: 15 goal sway? Yeah, that is. That is a big that is a big sway from getting nine goals scored on you to coming around getting that shutout and scoring six goals to bring it home.
0: Yeah, so Parker Hagen played that game. He got the shutout, you know, with six goals, you know, six goals against on the other side. Um Charlie Girard not only had a hat trick, but he had four goals. Oh, dang. Yeah, so killing it out there. <laughs> and like hats were flying on the ice and I had my Leafs hat and I was like you think i'll make it from here and and everyone joked with me and everyone's like ah dude i doubt that they'll, they'll probably throw that back <laughs> and i said with my luck i'll probably hit lexi in the back of the head you know three feet in front of me with this hat so the maple leaves hat didn't
1: make it onto the ice i was kind of bummed i should have just i should have ran down and hucked it but you know Hey, I've I've waited my whole life to be at an NHL game to throw a hat on the ice to see a hat trick. Never never seen it. I'm waiting for it. We
0: were we were at an Avalanche game and we saw Tyler Seguin score one against the Avalanche, but we were rooting for the Avalanche that night,
1: so I didn't throw a hat. <laughs> 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 There's just some things you just always hope to see, and you just hope it's for your own team. There, there
0: has been times where, like, I've been at Ducks games, and like Corey Perry has two goals, and I'm not wearing a hat, so I like ran down to like the the, the pro shop or what I mean not the pro shop, the gift shop or whatever, and been like team store, team store, and uh, like all right, where's your cheapest hat? Because if Corey Perry gets you know a hat trick, I'm chucking it. <laughs> so I, I have a couple uh, cheap you know hats from the you know Ducks that I. Had potential to throw on the ice, but I never got it. I think mean, I have a couple beanies and stuff. So, but and then AJ White also had three assists. So, uh, I mean, that was a great night all around. And the season high crowd of 3,090. I mean, that's we 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 joke about the old COVID sellout, you know, but they've actually opened it up and they will sell any ticket that you know, if anyone wants to buy a ticket. So, playoffs coming up this next week. Get your tickets. You can We can pack the house if we want, you know. I mean, they still ask you to social distance and wear a mask if you want to. So, But, yeah, I mean, it was definitely an exciting game to end the season on. And this the Grizzlies actually ended the season 21-9-3-3 at home. I mean, that ends up being, you know, pretty good. But actually 15 of those
1: 21 wins came on the third game of the series. Oh really so they can't if they lost then they definitely came back and won it you know yeah, they always end hot.
0: they always end hot you know they were undefeated on Sundays. I mean so that was usually the end season whether that was a I mean the end seri- of a series game so that was either game three or game four sometimes so Sundays they were undefeated. Game threes they got 15 wins so I mean these guys are hot you know after they play a team I mean it's it's good to see that a team builds on you know their losses and doesn't just give up. They got that Utah Sunday luck. <laughs> yeah, you know, going to going to church at the Maverick Center. So, <laughs> yeah, and Parker Gehagen. I mean, he got the shutout on Saturday, but he also got ECHL Goalie of the Month. So, things are looking good going to the playoffs with him and net. I mean, all three of the goalies here in Utah are good. I mean, you got Peyton Jones, you got Garrett Metcalf, the local boy, and you got Parker Gehagen, you know, and all of them are playing pretty phenomenal. So, hopefully we can get a little of this you know, four goal magic from Charlie Gerrard and, you know, get that playoff win. So, and also want to mention that Matthew Bashir got a
1: rookie of the year for the Utah Grizzlies. You know, I, I actually was looking, that at, looking at that today and that's actually the first time that a Grizzlies player has ever gotten rookie of the year in, yeah. the, in their existence of being a team.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a huge win for not only uh Matthew Bashir, but, uh, The Utah Grizzlies, as well. I mean, he had 25 goals and 27 assists. And actually, the ECHL. I had to chirp a little bit on our post, but they they posted that he had twenty three goals and twenty seven assists, but he actually had twenty five goals and twenty seven assists. So, had it had a little you know auto correct them. So uh, usually I'm the one that's getting auto corrected. Usually Autumn has to like call me up like dude you spelled that totally wrong go and fix that. So yeah that's a, that's pretty typical. I mean I see it all the time. <laughs> but yeah so I mean definitely awesome things coming from this Utah Grizzly team um and like i mentioned we're going into the playoffs playoffs start i mean they'll start tomorrow we're recording this monday night but actually when you're hearing it it'll be starting tonight Mm
1: -hmm. so
0: it'll be on flow hockey tv i believe they're doing like a watch party at the maverick center um for like season take holders and stuff so check out flow hockey tv or you can listen on mixler um app it's super good you know they do a way good job you know Doing those games on there They're super easy to listen to Just download it Mixler It's kind of a weird It's like MXLR And then Just search Utah Grizzlies And you can click on it And listen to the game While you're driving in the car Or hanging out at home Cooking a little You know Steak up or something I don't know what you're cooking up On a Tuesday night What's Tuesday night Look like for you Benny What's for dinner Taco Tuesday Taco Tuesdays. When you're cooking up your tacos Tomorrow night Turn on to the Grizzlies And listen to them Play the Allen Americans And it's a best-of-five series. So the first... And actually, I mean, this year, only four teams from the West, four teams from the East. And so there's only three rounds of the entire playoffs. So we would only need to win six games to get into the Kelly Cup Finals. So I think Grizzlies got six wins in them, and I think we'll be playing in the Kelly Cup Finals. But we got to win, you know, these, these games. And they start on the road. And they are the lower seed, but... We played Allen um, three weeks ago here at home, and we lost Wednesday night against them, and that broke our 10-game win streak. And then we played them the next three nights and beat them three times in a row. And so, I mean, that's pretty good that we We won the last three against them. Um, we did... The season series was 8-6-1-3 against them, so that really ends up being eight and ten so not that great in a season series but i mean i'm looking at the last time we played them i mean that really shows a little bit more i mean these rosters are changing so much from the beginning of the season to the end of the season so i think you really need to base off the last time you played them and so i mean i i bet somebody that i met that she used to work for the Allen americans on friday night and i said grizzlies in four
1: so, I mean, based off the last four games, Grizzlies won four out of the, <laughs> three out of the last four. So, you know, my, my theory is that whatever team is coming in, you know, with more momentum, a little bit hotter into the playoffs, usually they they go further, they go farther, and they play better. It's that hot, that, that yeah. good going, you know. And the Grizzlies, honestly, this last, I mean, they
0: lost two in Kansas City. They lost two this last week. But, I mean, for the whole month of May, we were pretty good. I mean, we didn't lose that many games. I mean, we had the 10-game winning streak. We had another three-game win streak. I mean, we were one period away from, you know, a, I think it was 11-game win streak or something. I, I forget. That. Whatever. <laughs> I may be way off on those win streaks, but it was, a lot of, it was a lot of wins, not a lot of losses, is all I'm saying. So, I mean, so they play Tuesday today, and then they play Wednesday also in Allen, and then they're back here Friday. It could only be one game. I mean, if we win the two in Allen and we win the one on Friday, that's it. and We're on to the next round. But give Allen one. They'll be playing Friday and Saturday. And then if Allen gets two, then we play Monday here in Utah too. So potentially three home playoff games this next week. So get your tickets now. You can go get them on UtahGrizzlies.com, you know, or you can call the box office or just show up to the box office and buy them or show up to the game and buy them. So, like I said, there's – There's no limit on the amount of tickets they're selling now, so get in, get to these games, and I was talking that, you know, they always, that last game of the season is always pretty packed, and then the first game of the playoffs, kind of like, it's like, where did everyone go? You know, so, let's not let that happen. Let's pack the house. Let's feed the Grizz. Let's get your fish. Chuck them on the ice. Like, dude,
1: it's the funnest, it's the funnest game of the year. I would agree. It's definitely the funnest. When that first goal is scored and everyone's throwing fish on the ice, there's nothing. I mean, it's almost nothing compared to it. It'd be like seeing the Grizz, you know, score a hat trick. You just see that fish flying. Sometimes some land on people, some land in the fans. I mean, (laughs) there's fish everywhere.
0: Yeah, it's a blast. And so we're taking down the Island Americans. And I also want to note that in that last four-game homestand that we played against them, we outscored them 13-7. So I mean it was the first game was a close one that we lost, but then we just turned it on against them and we ended that series with a shutout by Peyton Jones. So I mean, we're looking good. And I mean, we're talking I mean that actually that first game against Allen Americans of that that homestand I'm talking about was Mason Manic from Utah's, you know, first game in the ECHL playing for the hometown Grizzlies, and that's actually who our interview is with today. So let's send it over to that interview. All right, so today on the podcast, we have Utah's own and newly called up to the Utah Grizzlies, Mason Manick. How's it going, Mason?
2: Good. How are you guys doing?
0: We're doing fantastic on this Monday night. So let's just jump into it. Like, let's get your background, you know, playing hockey. You played here in Utah, you know, growing up. What what teams did you play for?
2: I actually played for the Junior Grizzlies my whole my whole youth career until I moved to Colorado when I was 14 to play for the Thunderbirds program, but um all growing up, since I was basically, since I was um, skating and I was about five years old, I was with the Junior Grizzlies. So that's made this uh, opportunity pretty surreal for me. <laughs> you had
0: to jump into the Utah Grizzlies now. So Yeah. I mean, so you played,
2: and then you were, were you
0: were you drafted in the WHL, like the the Bantam draft?
2: Actually, I wasn't drafted. Um, I got passed up in that draft, and that was kind of a hard day for him. For I me, mean, you know, it was one of those days I look back on that kind of provided me with the most fuel because when I was in Colorado, I was seeing all my buddies get drafted. So I got passed up, and then Portland sent me an invite to their camp. And honestly, for just location purposes, with it being still in the U.S. is why I kind of chose there. And I went there and kind of fell in love with their organization. Their staff was awesome to me. Um, the caliber of hockey was, you know, second to none from what I've experienced at that point. So that's kind of why I ended up in Portland.
0: That's nice. I mean, that's. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty storied. Uh, you know, they're they've been around for a long time, and that oh, WHL, yeah. that's a good league to play in. And uh, you did you play against Sasha Mutala in that league? Yeah,
2: yeah. The whole <laughs> four years, I was there. I played against him a lot. <laughs> nice. And now
0: you guys are teammates. That's that's an awesome full yeah, circle. Yeah, who would
2: have thought? <laughs> yeah, Lots get, of battles against them. Who, who would have thought now we'd be on their
0: team? So. Yeah. Did you guys ever drop the mitts together?
2: No, we never did. <laughs> you've
0: gotten into a couple scrums with the Utah Grizz. I mean, I haven't seen you, like, drop the mitts for a full-on fight, but I've seen you the, you know, you're, you've are you been in those piles a lot. So have you ever dropped the gloves?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I had quite a bit in Portland, actually. So it's only a matter of time before it happens here. Oh, <laughs>
0: nice! Maybe a little playoff, you know, scrum. <laughs>
2: That's what I'm thinking. There you yeah. go. You know, whatever it takes. Yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, what was it like playing that first game for the Utah Grizz?
2: Man, it was it was crazy. That day was just a blur. Like the the hockey itself was um, the game itself was it was pretty spectacular, you know, to, to be at the Maverick center. I graduated high school at the Maverick center. Um, so you know, it's like, I've, I've been, a, been around that rink forever. I had so many people there. I probably had over 50 people there, uh, just family and friends. And yeah, I get, it's funny. Every time I get on the ice, I'd hear, I'd hear them screaming. And, and when I first went out for warm ups, I had a bunch of people down by the glass. I heard them yelling and I'm like, man, just don't fall. Don't fall. <laughs> Cause you'll never hit. That. But no, it was awesome. You know, the game itself was super cool. Um, we lost that game and i think it was the when they were on that really good um they won like 10 in a row or something so i came and i kind of felt bad i was like maybe i was bad luck or something but uh no the game was awesome it was an experience i remember for the rest of my life i was able to stag my first point there so you know it was pretty special
0: yeah you got you got two assists so far yeah hey you've yeah, had a couple dude. close ones when are we get in that first
2: tuck it better come soon because I think I've had like thirty shots already. So, where, <laughs> when's it gonna happen? But, yeah, there's no, been I, some there's been some close calls.
0: I mean, we're we're always yeah. we're always up there looking. It's like, was that Mason? Was that Mason? You know, I mean, you know, we're always rooting yeah. for the hometown kids. So it's awesome. I mean, it's awesome to watch yeah. you play. I've been to a lot of the games and stuff, and you know, every time they call you out in the opening lineup, or whatever, it's always a little bit louder, and so it's kind of cool, you know, to see that Utah blood, you know, on that team. Yeah. So, I mean, going to the playoffs, I mean, you guys, you guys had that big loss Friday night, 9-1, and then you come back and you win 6-0 the next night. I mean, what happened in that locker room?
2: Well, I got to give huge credit to our leaders, you know. Um, it's hard this time of year, you know, lots of teams are resting guys, and, you know, the, the, when especially when you've already clinched, it's easy to kind of let your, your guard down. And, you know, I think, you know, after they went on that huge run before I got here, and then we run into a problem like that where you starting to, we, we weren't winning necessarily every game, and then we lose a game like that. Like headed into playoffs, like it sucks to lose a game like that, but you—it's almost good to kind of face that adversity, and it gives it gives guys like myself a chance to kind of step up and lead in a way that that maybe we wouldn't on a regular day. And like I said, our, our leadership group after that night, um, they they were awesome. You know, we kind of just sat down regrouped and then is able to you know turn into a good performance saturday night
0: yeah so so your first game was against was it against allen yeah it was so that was the loss on a wednesday but then you guys go on the three you know roll at three and win three straight so yeah. i mean hopefully you can carry that you know into the playoffs so i mean I, sure. yeah. I i was wondering uh, you guys like give up the turtles jerseys or are you going to wear them all playoffs
2: I don't know. I mean, when you play a game like that, maybe we should keep him. <laughs> that's what
0: I, you know, I watched the game with uh, Jared Youngman, and I, I, asked him. I said, "So what? Are you just gonna tell the fans they got to get him after the playoffs or what?" <laughs> 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 oh, that's that's awesome. So, I mean, I want to ask you a question outside the Grizz, but who was your greatest influence on your hockey career?
2: Oh well, I mean, hands down, my dad uh he's been there every step every step of the way you know with every decision i made every big and little decision he's been there and you know it's it's been kind of cool and fulfilling for him for me to play here too because you know it kind of goes full circle and he's able to come to all our games and and everything i'd i'd give 100 percent. you know like without him i'm not even close like there's no way that i'd this would be possible so my dad, hands down. I, I've had a lot of people. I was, I was very fortunate to cross paths with some pretty spectacular people in my life. When I was a building, I lived with Adam Foot. Um, you know, played with the Avalanche for a long, long time. Um, so I'm really close with his, his son Nolan right now. He's, you know, he just played his first couple games with New Jersey. Yeah. Um, our, our, across the street, our neighbor was Joe Sakic. So like, I, I've been super fortunate, you know, and with the people I've crossed and you know, I. It's crazy how many people it takes to kinda of get one, one kid to, to make it, but you know, I it'd be hard to do it without all those people.
0: What do they what do they say? It takes a village to raise a kid, you know? <laughs>
2: Yeah, pretty much. And in pretty hockey, much. I guess
0: that village kind of expands more than just like your community is like a a physical community. The hockey community is kind of a different kind of village, you know, and it spreads a little bit wider. And yeah. you know, you got people here and there that just you know the connections when you start digging into that hockey world. Just like you said, you know, Joe Sakic, Nolan Foot, you know, that's those are cool names that a lot of people wouldn't expect, but in the hockey world, you kind of just make those connections, and that's just the way the dice rolls.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, what's your greatest, like, hockey memory? Is there a certain goal or, like, you know, season or, you know, a moment that really stands out in your hockey, you know, whether it was youth hockey or anything?
2: Uh, ooh, that's hard. For me, me personally, it was probably my first game here in Utah. So just with my family being there and, you know, the just how, like, how such an opportunity it is to play at home. It's so much cooler than I ever could imagine. From a team standpoint, in Portland, my first year, um, it's my first ever playoff series, and we ended up going seven games, and it was my first ever game seven, and um, and we ended up winning. The building was sold out, and and like that's just one memory I remember um, from a team standpoint that sticks out to me, like like nonstop. Whenever whenever someone asks me that question, that's always a game I refer back
0: to. Nice. I mean, those those i mean really that everyone always talks about game seven and you know actually living it you know that probably means a little bit more every time you you know hear like people talking on the tv or radio about you know it's game seven you know and you've been in that you know situation where it's a do or die so that's that's a really cool you know thing and then of course you know playing in front of your home crowd you know the home team really i mean that's got to be pretty special no matter what league it is you know i think putting on a team that you've Worn your, you know, your whole life whether you're supporting them, you know, going to the games or playing for the junior Grizz. I mean, you take a lot of pride in that that crest. It seems like so. I mean, that's really cool to see a guy from Utah, you know, come back and be, you know, proud to wear that Utah Grizzlies. So that's awesome. Hear that kind of story. Yeah. Who is your favorite player growing up or favorite team?
2: Uh, my family was always. Red Wings fans, for whatever reason, I don't, (laughs) I don't really know how that came apart or or came about, but um, that's who we grew up liking. My favorite player was Pavel Datsyuk, without a doubt. He was the guy I watched over and over and over and over. We don't, we do not play a similar game whatsoever. But (laughs) I love that I
0: was gonna say, have you, did you take any shootout, you know, shots for the Utah Grizz yet?
2: Not yet. We have, we haven't been in the shootout yet. We went to one overtime game, but um. Uh, Cedric Paray ended that one pretty quick. So yeah, yeah,
0: I was at that game too. So <laughs> that was a good one. That was that one was crazy. The the whole throwing the puck over the glass and you know and yeah penalty uh, that
2: was not. I've never seen nothing like that. I remember all the guys were like, "What just happened?" That was
0: Whatever. that was one of the best games I'd been to all year. So and I've been to a lot of good games. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> but that yeah. was awesome. So, I mean, one last question. I mean, who's your uh, pick to win the Stanley Cup this year?
2: I don't know. I I got the Boston game on behind us here, and they're kind of making a push right now. But I, I think it's hard to argue with Colorado. And I, I, it was hard. I watched the game last night against Vegas. Vegas looked good, but Colorado's in my pick since the start. So we'll see.
0: Hey, and you're playing for Utah Grizz, you know. Maybe one day, you know, work your way exactly. up the line. I and... got to
2: be a little biased, right?
0: And you grew up playing, you know, your junior hockey in Colorado, so there's there's a lot of ties there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess living with, yeah. well, you know, with <laughs> Adam Foot, you know, that might do a little more, you know, make you an Avalanche fan yeah. too. Yeah. So
2: yeah. When I was a young I was a kid, I probably I I wouldn't have admitted to that being a Red Wings fan, but I guess times change, So <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess you know if you were a Red Wings fan <laughs> in those early late late nineties, early two thousands, those were not two teams that got along. So. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. That's kind of a funny story. I when i went to colorado i was a super big red wings fan and i had all their jerseys and their shirts and whatever and one time um adam adam Pope picked me up from school and i was wearing a red Wings shirt and he almost didn't let me in the car <laughs> <laughs> as yeah, he, he was, should he have was, as he should have not let you he
0: in that car. Not that. yeah. that's awesome oh dude i'm actually wearing an avalanche hat <laughs>
2: Oh, there you go! I'm yeah, jumping on the
0: Avalanche bandwagon. Actually, I'm usually a Leafs fan, but you know they're out, so I'm uh, jumping on the Avalanche bandwagon. My brother here that
1: I'm with, he's a diehard Avalanche. I fan. am a diehard Avs fan. I got a I got a banner hanging right here in this room. I love them. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's yeah, pretty. Go.
2: Well, that, that might
0: be better than the Leafs right now. So. <laughs> well, well, I, I agree. That's that's a given right now. I mean, they're still playing hockey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, Mason, I mean, is there anything else you want to, you know, share? Any fun stories after being here in Utah? Oh,
2: man, I don't know. It's just, honestly, like, it, I feel like it's all gone by so fast. I don't I don't know, but, no, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been a blast. I love talking about hockey.
0: Yeah, so, all right, we'll let you get back to, you know, watching some playoff hockey. And, hey, we're excited to watch you guys play on, I guess you guys will be here on Friday, but, hey, do good in Allen.
2: For sure. I appreciate it.
0: Okay, guys, have a good day. All right. Yeah, you do. Thanks, guys. Bye. Welcome back from that interview. What a great interview with Mason,
1: you know, hometown boy. You know, it's always good to talk to those local people just kind of, you know, for I feel like the younger hockey players to kind of see like it's not impossible to reach that level. It's something that is achievable.
0: Yeah, and definitely a kid that has a lot of pride for, you know, playing for the Utah Grizzlies and stuff. And, I mean, he seemed like he was super excited about that. And that's, that's really cool to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty, you know, not touching, but in a way, it's pretty awesome to see, like, the thing that he cares about the most is, like, playing in front of his home crowd and his family and his friends, like, how that meant so much to him.
0: Yeah, so, definitely an awesome interview, great kid, hopefully he gets his first tuck, you know, in this playoff series against Allen, and, you know, hopefully, I mean, he came in, they lost Allen first game, and they went on a three-game win streak against Allen, so hopefully that happens against this week, and... We'll be talking second round playoffs for the Utah Grizzlies.
1: And I say, they lose the first one, win the next three, round two.
0: Boom. Oh. Allen in four. That's what I'm calling it. I mean, Grizzlies in four. We're taking out Allen in four. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Grizzlies in four. So, all right, let's move on to the big boys. The NHL playoffs. And we'll just start with the, the Mass Mutual East. I mean, we're down to the, I mean, they're kind of like the division finals, I guess you can call them.
1: Yeah, yeah, second like round of yeah.
0: the division finals. So, I mean, it started out with the Boston Bruins and the Islanders. Um, series is two-two. I mean, there is the game going on right now as we speak. I'm just trying to, you know, make sure it's not over yet. Oh, it's over, and the, the Islanders won. So hey. let's let's uh, let's turn it up. That uh, now it's actually three to two Islanders. So. And I mean, it was an exciting game, and I watched it up until the you know the end of the third or the end of the second, and then I we started recording the podcast. So, um, looks like Islanders had a pretty solid third period, and Boston almost came back actually. So,
1: I mean, looking looking at that that series, I, I would predict that Boston would win it, but you know, looking at the way that Islanders are coming in, they're they're coming in you know good shots, good goals. I mean, you can see from this game, Boston has forty four shots on goal, New York Islanders only have nineteen. I mean, that's pretty impressive. And the Islanders seem like that team that doesn't quit.
0: No, no, no. Boston is a real run and gun. They'll just beat you down. But like the Islanders beat you in an exhausting way, where like they're just they just keep chipping at that you know that block, and they just keep you know they seem to win games. And you're like, oh, dude, they're done. You know, after that first game, I was like, oh, they're done. And then they there's two overtimes, and I think Barry Trotz is winning the mental battles. I mean, he's one of those coaches that you talk about, like, you know, most teams, you know, you don't talk about their coaches, you're talking about their players, but the Islanders is a team,
1: you're talking about their coach. You know, ever since Barry Truss was with, since he was with the Washington Capitals, I think he understands the game to a different level that the coach makes a difference. It's not all about the players. The coach has an impact on the game. Well, it showed. I mean, he walked away from Washington Capitals and they haven't made it past the first round. I mean, he goes to the New York Islanders, and here we are. Boom. New York Islanders are, you know, one game away from going to the semifinals. And they were in the Eastern Conference
0: Finals last year. Yeah. And they went deep the year before. So, I mean, you're talking a good team with that Islanders that really has no superstars. I mean, you had John Tavares walk away from this team. I mean, right now you got Barzal. Barzal's killing it right now. Well, and he did score his first goal three games ago. That was his first goal of the playoffs, and now he has three goals in three games. Yeah. He scored again tonight. So we got three goals in three games from a guy that was supposed to be their superstar that you just didn't see anything from these first that first round and into this second round. But here he is, three goals in three games. So it looks like he's turned it on and he's definitely a player that when he's going, he's going. Yeah. I mean and you know, Bruins, it's, you know, usual suspects. You got Marshan and Pasta, they were tied for the league league. Um, with five goals, and then after tonight, Pasta gets his seventh, but Marshawn gets his sixth, so, I mean, mm-hmm. usual suspects there. Yeah, Those yeah. guys are just rolling, but, you know, in the Islanders, it's kind of a, everybody kind of pitches in. I mean, you got Bailey with five goals. You got Palmieri. He scored again tonight, so he's got six goals. I mean, that looks like a good, pretty good pickup now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone talks about the Taylor Hall for Boston, but Kyle Palmieri is leading the team in the playoffs with six goals, so... That looks like the best pickup so far. And before the when the trade deadline came around, I said that Kyle Palmieri looked like the best deal that went down, and it happened a week before the trade deadline. And throughout the rest of the season, you think he had two goals the rest of the season, and here he is in the playoffs, six goals already. So, I mean, it starts to look like a smart decision by the Islanders. So, I mean, and they're also like, I mean, before tonight, Sorokin played two games, Varlamov played two games. Each one had a loss. Each one had a win. So, I mean, I mean, Varlamov played tonight again, and he got the win. I mean, it looks like he let in, you know, four goals. So, I mean, they could go to Sorokin next game, and they could win. And we have yet to see a two-headed monster goalie tandem succeed in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it seems to be that at some point or another, you know, they crash and burn, and that two, that, 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 Back to back goalie, two different goalies switching up just seems to crash and burn at some point. So it could be a turnaround, you know, could be the change, you know. And yeah, I mean you usually get the the team that rides the one goalie and then they switch it up and they win one, but then
0: they lose the next one and they're like, Oh man, we're on the brink of playoffs, you know, getting out of the playoffs. Who do we play? And everyone's, you know, wanting to know who they're gonna play, and then that ends up being the story is who they're gonna play. So I think the Islanders have kinda you know, they've kind of won that battle and
1: they don't really care who's in net. And they're going to win with both. So I mean, you can see right here, uh, you know, a five-goal game. Like th- their offense is helping carry them, you know, to those wins as well. Yeah. So I mean, who's your pick to win this series? I mean, Islanders are up three to three to two. You know, I, at this point, you know, I'm I would say Islanders, but you know, I, I I can't say count Boston out. I mean, there's just too many series that they've just come back and they just make that magic happen. I think it goes Game Seven for
0: sure. But I mean. This one was in Boston, so they're going back to the island. That crowd was pretty rocking. you know. I mean, I guess they split the first two, they split the second two, so it's not like the home crowd has really been the winner. I mean, right now the home team's two to three, you know. Yeah, home yeah. teams home teams only won two out of the three games, so um, it could be a factor, it could not, but I see it going seven and it'll be back in Boston. But hopefully I mean, in I, over,
1: hopefully in overtime. Overtime Game 7. That's what I'm hoping for. OT
0: Game 7? Yep. Hopefully it's not Boston winning. I
1: I hope Islanders put them away next game. Like, I hope it's 5-0.
0: You you just
1: hope that Boston doesn't have that Cinderella story again.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm already already done talking about it. Let's move on. Let's move on to the Central. (laughs) The Discovered Card Central with Tampa and Carolina. I mean, Tampa's leading the series 3-1. But it just, I mean, it's been one goal games. For the first, you know, three games or one-goal games. And then, you know, Tampa did win by two goals the other night. But, I mean, you had some close games. And then you had Saturday with just, like, a can opener. And, you know. And now I see Carolina getting into that goalie drama that we've been talking about. That, I mean whatever his name is so he does stellar first round and then he kind of blunders against the Tampa Bay and they put in Mrazik they get the overtime win but then Saturday I mean you had 11 goals through the first three games and you had 11 goals in one game so there was eight goals scored in that second period on Saturday between the two teams and I thought after that second period, Mrazek let in some softies, and I thought they should really pull him. Even though they were still in the game and they weren't behind, I thought they should have pulled him and put in Nevejovic or whatever, and they didn't, and they ended up losing the game. So now, I mean, now they're on the brink of the playoffs, and they got to put in... They, I, I suspect Nevejovic... and You know how to say it? No, no.
1: I don't
0: know how to say it. So, yeah. So, I expect him to be in the game um, tomorrow night. They play, I guess they get the night off tonight. So, you got Braden Point leading the Tampa Bay Lightning with seven goals. I mean, that's second in the NHL. I mean, I guess Pasta now has seven also, so he's tied with him. And you have Nikita Kucherov with uh, 17 points, which is the most in the NHL right now. So, I mean, and then on the other side, you have Sebastian Ajo looking like he's doing everything himself because he's got six goals and 11 points to lead the team. So, I mean, Sebastian Ajo has been
1: hot. Teravina, I mean, that Carolina team is good. Oh, They got some good players, but they just got to make it happen. I mean, I feel like Tampa Bay's a little bit more of a, you know, you can count on them. You can count on them scoring. But Carolina, it's like sometimes they just fall and other times they just excel. And it's just like you never know which Carolina you're going to get. Yeah, and
0: there definitely been that team in the past that's kind of drug things out and stuff. So, I mean, I still think that Carolina gets another win. I mean, maybe they can get two.
1: I don't know if they get three in a row, though. You know, I just, with how up and down they kind of are, I, I just think that they might get one, they might get two, but I think that in the end, Tampa comes home with the four wins. And when you watch
0: Vasilevsky play, like... You just think, how does anybody score on this guy? I know they scored, what was it, four or five the other night on him. But you almost watch him and think, how does anybody going to score on him? Because he's just solid. Like, he's just solid. Like, he's like your, you know, if you drew a goalie that took up the whole, like, you know, net, that would be Vasilevsky because he looks like he takes the entire net. So, um, I don't know if they can solve him, but... I hopefully Carolina wins because I don't want to see Tampa back there. But I think Tampa does take it. I mean, I called Carolina on the show last week. That was my pick for the round. So I'm going to stick with it. Carolina in seven.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going to go Tampa in uh, five. <laughs> Tampa in five. Yep. <laughs>
0: going back. I get though they're going back to Carolina because it's Carolina won the division. So you're going to be back at home, and those those Caniacs, they like to rock and roll, so <laughs> I think the Kaniacs be pulling, you know, for that storm surge after the game. I think they win game five no matter what. And game six, I don't know. Game six
1: crapshoot. I think Tampa wins it in five. In in, in front of the Kaniacs. <laughs> it's Madhouse and Tampa wins it. Uh yeah, I mean they,
0: they definitely you know, they do that sometimes. <laughs> Silence the crowd. <laughs> but uh so yeah, I, I expect Niveltic to be in there, and maybe he gets, he gets shut out in front of the Canadiacs. I don't know. We can we can we're we're done with that. Let's move on to the 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 probably the best series so far in the playoffs this year, the Colorado Vegas series. Which, I mean, the way it's set up, I mean, we I was kind of talking about this yesterday. That I think that sometimes we see the better matchup in the second round of the playoffs. Because of the way the formats are. that I mean, we're seeing teams 1 and 2 in the NHL battle out in the second round. So no matter what, team 1 and 2 is playing, what, team like 8 and 17 in the NHL? Because Canadians were like the 17th best team in the NHL. They weren't even 16. They might have been the 18th. So if Canadians, you know, win, we're seeing 1
1: or 2 versus eighteen. You know, I, after watching after watching these games, you can see the intensity, and the game is just so fast and so hard. It's like you, you've I feel like I'm watching you know the Stanley Cup Finals just because the game is going so intense all the time. You know, and I watch these these Eastern Conference games,
0: or so to say, like the Central, and maybe not in the Central, but the the East, the East games or the North games. And it just doesn't look like there's that much ice. Like, they're just so bogged up, it seems like. And then you watch a Vegas, like, Colorado dude, and the guys are flying everywhere. Pucks are flying everywhere. Goals are flying everywhere. You know, and it's just so exciting. And, like, that's, that's the fast hockey you want to be watching. Like, it's just so much fun. There's so much emotion. You got the stars dropping gloves. You got... You know, fourth liners mixing it up. You got goalies getting into it. Mark Fleury hitting fans in the head, you know, with pucks, you know.
1: <laughs> right off that old guy's dome. <laughs> he,
0: he should have been paying attention. Should have been on your phone. Shouldn't have been standing there. should have been standing there. I mean, he's sitting there. That's his problem. Everybody else was standing. He was just sitting there on his phone. I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but Mark Andre Fleury threw a puck to, into the crowd. Went through one girl's hands, went through another kid's hands, and hit an
1: old guy in his bald dome. <laughs> <laughs> but when you watch this game, it's so intense. And right now you can see, you know, at the home crowd, boom, Colorado wins it, dominates 7-1, to boom, wins it 3-2. to They go back to Vegas, boom, turns right around. Vegas comes in, wins one, wins another one, 5-1. Just seems like that, that home advantage just is rolling you know and they've been talking about that a lot on
0: like nhl network like you know with fans back in the crowd i mean after last year in the in the bubble where like there was no home crowd and like you know you hear it on tv that you know but like you can only imagine what that crowd is actually like you know in that empty building like you can hear the puck like bounce and echo off like the empty seats or whatever. Well, but you listen to these games, you watch these games and like you get excited. Like I just want to go buy a ticket tomorrow. Dude, I looked up game 5 tickets. We can get into the doors for 150 bucks, Betty.
1: Let's go to Colorado. <laughs> 150 bucks for game tomorrow night. Don't know if the uh, new job will allow that. <laughs> but I mean, really, that crowd makes a big difference. For me, I look at the Vegas game. Boom. Vegas has first goal in the game last night. You know, the the crowd It bounces off the bar, goes wide, and the Avs think that it's in, and nobody can even hear anything, and boom, Vegas turns around and shoots the puck, and it goes in, and everyone's standing around wondering what's going on, and the fact that the crowd was so loud, they couldn't even tell, you know, what
0: happened. So does the home crowd really pay, you know, an advantage to Vegas where, like, that place is rocking? I've only been one game in that. I was at that game three years ago today. I was at the Vegas Team mobile Arena, (laughs) but, uh... Talk about that in a second. I mean, I forgot to mention that, but yeah, I was in Team Old Arena three years ago tonight watching the Stanley Cup Finals. So, but just a testament to how loud that building can get. So, but also, I mean, let's rewind it back up to game four. Avs are up one-nothing with what, like five minutes left in the game? Mm-hmm. And Vegas scores one, and the place erupts. And what happens? They get another chance, and sure enough. They put it in, and that place erupts, you know. So, I mean, you're talking you're you're playing a, a close game where there hasn't been a lot of cheering, you know, just other than hits or you know close calls, and then you're down one, but they're still in it. They haven't left, and then they get one goal, and that was it. I mean, I thought Colorado was looking like they were gonna win this thing in four. I mean, with five minutes left in game three, I thought it was gonna be a sweep. Of the Vegas Golden Knights, and I was like, this Colorado Avalanche team cannot be beat. And they got the one, tied it up, and Colorado didn't quit. They looked like they were still playing. But then, I don't know why Grubauer Bauer jumped the way he did, and he overcommitted, and Pacioretty tips it, and it just goes low. But, I mean, that place erupted, and Colorado had some close calls, you know, There, but that team, Fleury, you can see when Fleury's playing for that crowd. And he's definitely like eating it up and he's living for that crowd. And because Flurry, I mean, he's a guy that he was the peak of his like career, so to say. And then he was kind of thrown on his butt, you know, with just some injuries and stuff. And a young kid still in his job. And basically, the Pittsburgh Penguins gave him away to the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, gave him away. For for Matt Murray, which they've also gave away for nothing, <laughs> so and now they got Tristan Jari that looks like he could be given away for nothing tomorrow after the way he played. But what I'm saying is, you thought you know Fleury had that first year of that run. It was like that was a good way to you know end his career. And now he's breaking records. He's moving up on those lengths, those win, those win you know ranks and stuff. And here he is playing outstanding hockey, and you think that you're. And you don't really recognize when you're watching a Hall of Fame goalie play when he's playing. I mean, we all knew Waugh and Broder, but, like, you're watching a Hall of Fame goalie that's already got his name pretty much on the nameplate. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame player. But you get to watch him play still. I mean, on the other side, you have Gru Bauer. yeah, the a goalie that won the Cup with the Washington Capitals. And, yes, he started that series, lost the first two games, and didn't play again the rest of the series. But... Still won the cup. So he's been there. He knows what it feels like. And so I think this has been the funnest series. And I can't wait for game three, game four, game five. Hopefully it goes seven. I mean, not for your sake, but <laughs> I'm hoping six. Abs
1: taking in six. It just can't take the, the game seven. It's a yeah. little too intense for me.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'm jumping on the abs bandwagon. We're at Ben. We're in my parents' basement. You know, we got the avalanche banner on the wall here. I got my avalanche hat on because we're recording with Benny. So I'm jumping on the avalanche bandwagon. But if this game, if this series goes game seven, I'll be happy. And hopefully the avalanche are winning. And, you know, we're, we're going to a game in Colorado. Cause
1: I, I already decided that if they go to the Stanley Cup Finals, I'm buying Game 7 tickets, guaranteed, no matter what. I will buy them, too. <laughs> I will buy them, too. So,
0: hope, you know, I'll just buy them on your account. But, you know, i <laughs> no, just kidding. No, for sure, yeah, we are buying Game 7. I mean, I think Game 7 to this series is actually going to be more exciting, and you should buy those tickets. But we'll hold off for Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so definitely an awesome series. I mean, Fleury, like I said, playing at the peak of his performance. I don't know if that's a way you say that, but, you know, he's playing peak performance with the best goals against average in the NHL right now at 1.79. I mean, and you say, wow, they got beat out. But, yeah, it was Robin Leonard and Nett that one time when they, they smacked him around and he played the entire game. So, that didn't count against Flurry, so, and you got Pratangelo you know, averaging an average of twenty four minutes per game, which Pratangelo is good, and I, whoa, my bellies are rumbling. <laughs> 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 Pratangelo is playing awesome, you know, but I think this Vegas team, as much as nobody thinks they're in a win now mode, I think they're in a win now mode because they're going to be in a cap crunch mode come a couple years down the road.
1: I think that they're definitely in a win now mode. I mean, you just watch the team and it's they're in it to win it. As much as I want, you know, Avs to win, I'm I'm not here to deny that Vegas is good and they're coming out hard. I mean, yeah. after they lost 7 to 1, they came back, barely lost, and then right after that they came back one and then they stomped on the Avs last night. Do I think that they can keep it rolling? Yeah, definitely I think they could Do I want them to? No, not at all
0: <laughs> Yeah, so and I think Bertangelo is going to turn out to be a sore thumb In that, you know On that, you know Money sheet, whatever you want to call it <laughs> But, uh, yeah So, I mean, salt's leading With five goals, and that's kind of a, a Bunk stat, because I mean he did score a hat trick The other night, so he had two goals before last night So, um, yeah I mean, you're getting a lot of scoring from a lot of people And then for the Avs the Avs top line is just rolling. I mean, they're kind of like the Boston Bruins where like they have that top line and that top line performs and they don't... I mean, the other three lines just gotta roll through it and try not to get scored on and put a couple pucks in the net because you have Nathan McKinnon with eight goals leading the NHL, number one in the NHL. He's got 13 points. He's third in the NHL for that. And right behind him, you have Landis Scott with 12 points, and then right behind him, you have Tin Ten. With 11
1: points. I know that's not how you say it, but that's what I like saying. It's in or whatever. I say that top line, you know, I'm not going to say they're unstoppable, but, you know, you can count on them to produce. No matter what, almost every game, you can count on one of those three getting a goal and, you know, bringing that out, that AVs that win in.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm going to go AVs in seven. Avs in six. <laughs> nice, nice.
1: I got, I got I got to go with my heart.
0: Still very exciting hockey, though. But And then let's move to the boring hockey. I mean, we saved the boring for last. This has been the worst series to watch for more reasons than one. Canadians are up in the North Division, the Scotia North Division. Three games to none. Um, game four is going on right now. It's tied two to two. Probably been a boring game. I haven't been able to watch it. I'm recording the podcast. But, uh, yeah. So, hopefully the Jets get one. I mean, the Jets swept the Oilers, and now they're on the brink of being swept themselves.
1: Jets in seven. Jets <laughs> fans are true fans. <laughs> Jets fans are true fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping Jets in seven. Only four teams in the NHL have ever come back from a 0-3. We're about to see five. And hopefully Shifley gets another crack at this. Because I think the four games was too much,
0: you know. And honestly, I think he he really went for the chest and just bad timing, bad place, wrong time. We haven't really talked about this on the podcast yet, but I mean, a lot of people probably disagree and think that that was terrible. And people were calling from his head, you know. And and he said he came out in an interview and said, you know, I'm a big man, I can take my suspension. Um, that's you know, I I signed up to play in this league, but I guess he, his family was getting a lot of threats and stuff, and he's like, don't do that, that's stupid. So.
1: I mean, it's hockey. Stuff like this happens all the time. You know, it's it's going to happen now, and it's going to happen in the future. Yeah. You know, it's it's the way the game is played. Do I think people went a little over the top with it? Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, you look at old-time hockey, you're going to see that, and it's just like, wow, oh, that was a great – that was a big hit. You know, move ahead in time, and it seems like, you know, a lot more people are getting up in arms about these types of hits and these types of things happening in the, NH- in, in the NHL. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I hopefully
0: – Shifley can get back in this and, you know, play, but we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I mean you got Kyle Connor on the Jets leading the team with three goals. You can't you can't win with a guy leading your team with three goals. And Shifley, Morrissey, and Connor all have five points. So I mean they're just not scoring. Um, they need to get scoring. They need to, you know I mean Hellbuck can only do so much. I mean, they lost one nothing the other day. That just means your team didn't score.
1: Yeah, I mean. It's not Hellebuck's fault. Yeah. I mean, if you're not playing offense, you're never going to win. Yeah. You're not scoring, you're not winning. Doesn't matter how good your goalie is. If you don't score, (laughs) you're not winning. I mean, there's a few times in the
0: NHL where a goalie has scored, but really, most likely, it's a 99.9% chance he's not going to score. So, he can only not lose the game, but he can't win the game. So, Jets, got to get it done tonight and do it for Hellebuck. (laughs) <laughs> do it for the hella buck of a reason. <laughs> and do it for Shifley to get
1: him back in there because we want to see a brawl. <laughs> As you say, Jets win tonight. Game five. I mean, yeah, game five is going to be a good one. Good one to watch.
0: Well, he'd have to be game six. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Game
1: six. Game six. Jets win the next two. It's game six. Game yeah, six yeah, is going to be a good one. Because he has for four, which... I think
0: it's too much, but some people don't think it's not enough. But, I mean, the Canadians are winning by effort and, you know, team play. I mean, you got Armia leading the, go- the the team with four goals. You got Eric Stahl leading the team with six assists. And you got Tyler Toffoli with eight points. That means everybody's chipping in. That means all three of these guys. I mean, Eric Stahl, trade deadline guy, looks like he's paying off. You know, that glue guy, been there before, done it, you know, been in the league. Now he's a veteran. So, and Carey Price... I mean, honestly, without Carey Price, Canadians were done a long time ago. This might be the first team that gets an A for effort. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Carey Price is definitely, if they go all the way, I mean, he's the Conn Smythe winner, hands down, and he's playing so calm, and his team's letting him play calm. I mean, that's why there's he's so successful, is his team in front of him is slowing the game down. It's boring hockey. It's slow, it's slow hockey. You know and he's it, seeing it, all the pucks and you watch them shoot. I mean, even when they're playing the Maple Leafs, a fast team, you're like, dude, he sees every puck. How are
1: you going to score on him when he just sees every puck? You know, as much as it's boring, a win is a win, and I and I hate to say that because I love watching the Vegas Avs series because it's so fast and so intense. But those slow games, you know, they're in it to win it. They're not in it to play a fast game. They're in it to win it if, and get there. If you watched a. a a Montreal Jets game
0: and a Vegas Avs game side by side, you would think you were watching two different leagues.
1: AHL, NHL.
0: No, I mean you just they would think you were watching two different leagues. I mean, when you watch European hockey, it's it's up there, it's it's high, but they chip, they play a different game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so. And you just watch those Scotia North games, I guess you want to call them, and there's just not a lot of room on the ice. It's like, where is everyone going to go? There's just no room, you know. Maybe we should play on Olympic-sized ice. I don't know. But And then you watch the Las Vegas Avs. They're playing the same size of ice, and they are moving that puck. That puck is moving, and the guys are moving. <laughs> They're moving. <laughs> and the goalies are moving. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, uh, go Jets in seven.
1: Jets and seven. (laughs) Jets fans are true fans. That's right. Who do you got? Who do I? I just told you. Jets Jets and seven. seven. You're going Jets and seven too? I mean, there was a cup talk back in the day, 15 seconds long. Yep, yeah. Jets fan or true fans? Yeah, Go Jets.
0: You know, I'll have to find it. I'll have to throw it up. I mean, there. The, if you've seen any of our reels of our old Welcome to Cup Talks, that's what Welcome to Cup Talk was born on, was stupid videos. You know, they were 15 seconds long. Stupid? They were great. They yeah. weren't stupid. They that, were great. That was, that was the start of Welcome to Cup Talk. And, yeah, I've been trying to regurgitate them a little bit, but, you know, the video quality over the years has just gotten so much better that now they look terrible. They look like they were shot on an Android or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably Android you know users out there you probably don't know what I'm talking about anybody with an iPhone knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I also
1: want to talk about this Mighty Tux game changers. It's it's uh, you know, I finished it. I actually finished it just today. watched the last episode. you know, it's been pretty good. Has it been what I expected? No, but has it still been pretty good? Yeah, I would agree.
0: I would say it has. I think it started off really good it started off fun and got you excited for the series and definitely the kid from Toronto was like the best thing ever because like I mean playing hockey you're like, like anytime someone's from Canada you're like oh is he good oh he's from Canada you know like everybody from Canada is a ringer. ringer
1: he's a ringer is, is
0: a ringer you know no matter what you know or like oh he's from back east like must well, be good what if, what if he sucks and he's from back east you know <laughs> it, it, the grass isn't always green on the other side of the fence so I thought that was awesome you know everybody else has you know got these ragtag gear on he shows up with his Maple Leafs jersey everything matches and then he ends up just sucking so <laughs> I mean that was definitely like the funniest part of that first episode like that made that first episode yeah it got me interested you know you saw Bombay you know back in it even though he pretends like he hates hockey and you know you slowly learn that he does you know, and you knew he was going to come full circle. But, you know, it was fun to watch. Um, I really liked the, the mom episode. You know, the mom's getting into it. And, and yeah, you know, you, what I liked about it is, like, it wasn't ever that storybook finish. And you almost knew it wasn't going to be that storybook finish because, you know, it's the Mighty Ducks and they can't just have the storybook finish, you know, every time. And so, I mean, the mom episode where she loses because she steps over the line, you know. There was a lot of good, like messages for like people and stuff like you don't just win
1: all the time mm-hmm. yeah yeah that, that's one thing i actually have liked about it you know you know it's a kid it's a kid show and i love watching the mighty ducks the kids but you know as a kid you don't realize those good messages you're learning just because it's just a fun show and it's good and you're watching it but seeing it you know from a more of an adult perspective, I like seeing those those good learning lessons and those good messages in it because I think for young kids, it's, it's good to see that and to understand that in sports.
0: Yeah, it's not always, hey, if you try really hard, you're going to win, you know. There is also you have to work hard and you have to,
1: you know, you have to win. Hey, <laughs> you know what? I'm 100% all for the let's have fun, you know. Every time we lose a game, I always say, you know. Losing's not fun, but playing hockey is, and that's you know that's always my mentality with with hockey.
0: It usually follows up after I say I, I can hate losing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but if we win, I love winning hockey games, and I think it was so much fun, you know. And I always like, you know what's funner? And I always tell my kids because I've kind of used that, you know, coaching. I always say, you know, you know, winning, you know, winning's not fun, but playing hockey is, and I always say, oh, it's fun. but what's funner than winning hockey games? <laughs> So, you know, I I add a little bit of, you know, spunk to your, you know, it's not as good of a message as
1: yours, but, you know. (laughs) Well, you said winning's not fun, but playing hockey is. But really, it's losing's not fun, but playing hockey is. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So let's get back to this Mighty Ducks. I mean, I thought the dad episode was one of the best, like, also one of those episodes you didn't see it going the way it went.
1: I'll agree. I will agree. But I liked liked it that it, it showed a little bit more of, like, not everything is perfect and dandy in everybody's life. Like, people have struggles and people have challenges and, like, you know, it's okay for that to be that way.
0: And, yeah, he was his deadbeat dad, but he was still his dad, you know, and he was, like, and Bombay all, like, befriends him and stuff, even though he's hitting up the mom, you know. <laughs> but he was the deadbeat and it was so, you you almost wanted him to, like, miss the game and not care and not show up and Bombay be there, you know, that that step-in father figure, you know, for, but he, like, makes the dad come to the game, and he has so much fun. And maybe that's a lesson for these, you know, dads or moms out there that don't make it to all their kids' games, you know, and stuff. That You know, just try what you can. You know, and when you're there and enjoy it, and when you're not there, like, that's okay, too. Like, I mean, you should try to be there, but, I mean, I'm not a divorced parent or nothing, so I can't really speak. But I, it's, it is, you know, you can tell these kids that, you know, have those situations that... When their parents are there, they they do get happy and stuff. And maybe not even a divorced family. Maybe they just don't have a parent that comes all the time.
1: Well, I mean, you see that in the very last... Oh, I don't know if I should spoil it or not. Oh, we're spoiling. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Coop's parents show up at the end. He plays good. Do I think that that happens in real life? Absolutely. Having your parents or your family or friends there gives you the motivation to just play better, play harder, and you just want to do... There's nothing like being at a
0: game... And you thought that, you know, your whoever was going to be there was going to be there. And you look up in the crowd and someone else shows up. Someone you didn't think was going to come to the game comes to the game. And, and you almost like, you turn it up. So you never know. I mean, show up to your kids' games unannounced. And you might see an all-star performance. So Or your friends' game. If you're in high school or whatever, go show up to your friends' games. Support hey, them.
1: I loved it when my friends came to my high school games. That was something that was like... Oh, they're here. I got I gotta play hard. I gotta yeah play good. I, yeah, I'm gonna go, you know all the way, guns, you know, guns out, I'm going. I'm trying to score. I never really scored in high school, but I was trying.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean back to the episodes I mean that one where they brought in the old ducks you know from the old series that was a fun episode yeah I mean you kind of thought it was going to happen because they took all the promo pictures before when they released it and stuff and so you thought that was going to be and they were only there for one episode and that was fine I yeah, mean, it worked yeah. I think if they would have hung around longer it would have been uh, not as special but um, I wondered why there's not a whole series dedicated to Abraman because that guy has still got it <laughs> That guy is almost funnier now than he was then. So I'm pushing for a Disney series that's all Averman. <laughs> H- hockey with Averman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the pond hockey episode was good. Yeah. You know, it, and pond hockey does that. It teaches you things in the game that, like, you, you have to learn playing on a pond. You know, hold on to that puck. Don't pass it to nobody because the boards are going to catch it you got you to gotta pass it to him, you know, and stuff. And so Pontaki he teaches kids a whole new, you know, lessons and a new respect for the game and stuff. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and the, I mean, there was the drama with the firing the mom as the coach and then Bombay couldn't coach. And you kind of was like, where is this going? There's no way. And it, it was pretty, it was solved pretty quick, you know, and overturned. And it, you could tell it was for drama factor, but, you know worked out for both of them so <laughs> that was alright I mean the the final episode you know like they're going in they make it to that final game against the Ducks and I, I think they took a page out of the Slapshot book on this one because <laughs> I don't mean, know because I've all seen Slapshot and how that game ends that's kind of the ending we got here in the Mighty Ducks episode they just were they forfeit yeah they, they forfeit just, they, they just... can't
1: they can't play because they don't have enough players boom <laughs> And it's just like a quick, like, we forfeit, cut, they get the trophy.
0: It's just like Slapshot, you know? I mean, they, they actually, the Slapshot team gets the trophy, but they don't end up playing the game. Mm. So it was kind of that kind of ending to the series. So, um, But then, you know, the the grudge match game, Like I almost loved that part of it, that it wasn't for the trophy, it was for the jerseys.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was for the name, you know? Because they don't deserve the ducks, you know? They don't know what it takes to be a duck.
0: And, that, and you knew at some point, like, there's no way that Don't Bother's are the team we're all like rooting for the end of this, because there ain't no way no kids wearing a Don't Bother's t-shirt. Or I that. mean,
1: I've got myself probably two or three Ducks jerseys from the original movies, and you bet I don't want myself a Don't Bother's one.
0: They, they were ugly colors. They were they weren't good looking, and they just said Don't Bother's. Like that that was the stupidest name. Like I wish they would have come up with like a Wimpy Deer or something like.
1: You know, it, it, and I don't know if they did it on purpose, but basically the name made you just hate it even, hate the jerseys and everything even more. Like, you're like, there needs to be a change. You're wanting a change. You're praying for a change. Yeah. So, of course,
0: you know, you have that third period locker room jersey change you know where they all put on the old ducks jerseys and
1: (laughs) hey i like that they brought back the district five you know yeah you you can see the d5 right on the duck it's classic
0: so like i mean that was i mean mighty ducks 2 that's the best part of the movie like you know you're not you know no team usa you're skating like usa ducks you know and there's the and in the first one you know when they pull out the jerseys and I'll be a duck you know always that jersey reveal is such a like that is the the turning point in every movie is the jersey and then there's the, the third movie which I think is the best Mighty Duck movie out there when he calls him over and says, you guys are not skating like warriors look like something else look like Ducks, you know, (laughs) like that to me, like almost gets a tear in my heart, you know, but, but that last moment, you know, when they get the Ducks jerseys, like it was emotional. I thought it pulled the series together. Autumn even turned to me and was just like, are you crying? I was like, no,
1: I crying, you know, (laughs) and I even liked that it was a a throwback to the original Ducks. It wasn't just like, you know, their last names on it. It was the original Ducks, you know, the Conway, the Averman, all that stuff, you know, it was a throwback to them, which kind of added a little nostalgia to the movie.
0: Yeah. And. The, I mean, the series did pretty well. It got a seven point five on IMDb. It got eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and Disney has not announced yet that they're going to do a season two yet. But Keenan Thompson says that he will be there if there's a season two.
1: I didn't say. I don't see how they cannot do it. I mean, they're just rolling with it. Why not? It did good. I'm hoping there's that second wave
0: of like kids that like because there's a lot of kids that I play with. I'm like, well, how would you get in hockey, Mighty Ducks? Mighty Ducks. So, hopefully it sparks a new wave of, you know, hockey players and getting out to these learn to skates, you know. And they're like, why'd you play?
1: Oh, dude, I watched game, Mighty Ducks Game Changers and I had to play. I mean, I'm hoping that whoever stole my net just finished the series. That, <laughs> that gave me the motivation.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. This has been an awesome episode with Benny taking it back to our roots in my parents' basement where... So many of our old Cup Talk videos were filmed. And it's been a great episode, Ben. Till next time. Till next time.